Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Innal hamdalillah. Innal hamdalillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyiati a'malina. Man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa man yudlilhu fala hadiya lahu. Wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu wa ashhadu anna sayyidana wa maulana Muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu. أما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في القرآن المجيد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأذن في الناس بالحج يأتوك رجالا وعلى كل ضامر يأتون من كل فج عميق وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من مات ولم يحج فليمت إن شاء يهوديا وإن شاء نصرانيا أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام Respected brothers and elders in Islam the time and the era we are living in now is a time of fitna, a time in which the entire world is engulfed in tribulations, in difficulties, and so much ma'asiyah and disobedience of Allah that it has become hard to discern between good and bad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the midst of these trials, in the midst of this fitna, gives us opportunities over opportunities chances over chances so that we could improve and get closer to him. Just few months ago we had the blessed month of Ramadan only to know that now we are in the month or almost into the month of Dhul Hijjah. And if we closely look at the Tartib and the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then we will find it very unique because how Allah has maintained this order is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to keep opportunities for insan throughout the entire year that he keeps himself attached to him. So you have the blessed month of Ramadan and immediately after that starts the sixth fast of, of Shawwal. And as a matter of fact, Shawwal, Dhul Qa'dah are also months of Hajj. So if a person wants, he can even put on the Ihram from Shawwal and start his Hajj from there. So today we'd like to speak about some virtues of Hajj and the 10 nights or the 10 days that is about to enter the first 10 days of Dhul Hajj. First of all, Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam said, Buniyal Islamu ala khams. Buniyal Islamu ala khams shahadati Allah ilaha illallah. That the foundation of Islam lays on five, five pillars. Number one is a shahadatain, that a person proclaims Allah is one. And that Rasulullah is the last messenger of Allah. Wa iqamis salah, he establishes salah. Wa ita is zakah, he pays his zakah. And psalm. And lastly, wal hajj. That is, a person goes to hajj and he performs hajj. This is a faridah on every single Muslim who has the ability, financial ability, to go there and to do this and to carry out this ritual of Islam. There are many misconceptions that lies in this. And one of the misconceptions and confusions is that many people say that since I am in my youth or perhaps the prime of my youth, I find myself not prepared. I find myself not prepared. I am so involved in sins that I wish to delay this to the end of my life. That after I have done everything, then perhaps I would want to go and wash myself and become clean from sins. So this is but, this is but a deception of Iblis. This is but a deception of shaitan where he gives you this hope that you will live for a long life so delay it until you have become old and then do hajj. And then what he tells you? That delay it so that whatever you have done for your entire life all that sins, all the sins will be wiped away. 
So this is but again a talbis and a deception of Iblis that he gives you hope of long life. He says that you will live for long, so remain where you are. Don't, do, don't be too concerned about it. Also another misconception about this huge and virtuous act of Islam is that many people rely and they wait for, the, you know, for them to earn a certain amount of money. So for example, the Hajj, the price of Hajj, around 12, 13, whatever thousand dollars it is now. So they wait until they could make that much amount of money. Why are they not ready to accept it for something lower than that? Hajj can also be done in seven thousand dollars, although the quality of the although the quality of your staying and your accommodation will not be as good. But since it is a faridah, since it is a faridah for you to make that amount of money is not an excuse. As a matter of fact, the more you delay it every single year, you get a sin. The more you delay your hajj that now because I don't have, you know, I don't have the means to live in a five-star hotel or I don't have, you know, the means to live up to that, extra, to, to that amount or that accommodation, I will not do it. That is only you are, you are accumulating sins on yourself. Because hajj, like how I said, can be done something with, you know, less than that. The virtues of hajj are enormous. Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam said in one hadith, Allahumma ghfil lil hajj wa liman istaghfara lahu al hajj. Said, oh Allah, forgive the person who goes to hajj and equally forgive that person for whom the haji makes dua for. So forgive the person who goes and he does his hajj and also forgive that person for whom the haji makes dua for. So that is why it is recommended that perhaps if we are not going, if we are not going, then we ask dua from those people who are going. Imam Ghazali writes in his book, وَقَدَ كَانَ مِن سُنَّةِ السَّلَفِ وَقَدَ كَانَ مِن سُنَّةِ السَّلَفِ أَنْ يَسْتَقْبِلُوا الْحُجَّاجِ إِذَا قَدِمُوا وَيُقَبِّلُوا بَيْنَ أَعْيُنِهِمْ That it was a practice amongst the Salaf and the pious predecessors that when the Hujjaj would return from Hajj, then they would rush towards them and they would ask them to make dua. After, not only while they're in Hajj, but even after they have returned from Hajj, and they would kiss them on their foreheads, and and they would rush towards this before the Haji could, ha- you know, could spend too much time, out, you know, out of the environment in an environment of sin. Because the more, right after he returns from Hajj, now he comes with a clean slate. Whatever dua he makes, hopefully it is accepted by Allah. So the more you delay it, the more he is committing sin, so there is a last chance of his dua being accepted. Mujahid writes that in al Hujjaj, Ida Qadimu al Makkah, Talakat Humul Malaika, that when the Hujjaj they enter Makkah, then the Malaika and the angels they receive them and they Yusafihunahum and they do Musafaha with the Hujjaj. Perhaps you cannot feel it. Perhaps you cannot see it. But it is there in the hadith that as you enter Makkah and as you are reading the Talbiyah, the Malaika are there to receive you. So it is important. It is important for the person who has the bare minimum, you know, uh, the bare minimum uh, to, to afford it, the bare minimum money to afford it that he does not delay it. In South Africa once, there was a person when, you know, the... Uh, there was a soccer player, uh, soccer taking place there. And there was a person who had actually literally paid about 30 to 40,000 rands just to sit in the first row in the stadium. Just to sit in the first row. When he was asked, 
that brother have you done hajj so he said no that that is very costly there is very costly whereas the amount he had paid just to sit in the first row in the stadium was much more than a person would have to pay in hajj from that country so people have excuses and that is what shaitan will tell you shaitan will tell you you know you are so busy at work or it's too much and all these other things is going to be hard if you don't take the five star hotels put the, put, put all those excuses aside and let a, a person should really go there one hadith says that ma ruya shaitan fi yawmin adhara wala asghara wala ahqara wala aghyada min yawmi arafa the shaitan cannot you will not see shaitan more humiliated, more disgraced, more broken than the day of Arafah. That on that day he laments, and on that day he cries that millions of people have converged here, and all these millions of people will go back to their countries with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. He is very angry on that day. He is very disgraced and humiliated on that day. That all my efforts are going into drain. That these people come, they spend some money, and they are earning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's maghfirah. And that is what we need to target. We need to target those means and those you know, causes what, you know, by way of which we could anger shaitan. We need to look at those reasons how shaitan can become angry with us and Allah can become happy with us. That is when one hadith quoted by Faqih Abu Layth al-Samarqandi, he was asked, he presented himself before Rasul salam and Rasul salam asked him, that, oh shaitan, how many enemies do you have? Now that is what we need to become. We need to become from shaitan's enemies. He said, I have 15 enemies. And then he quoted a list of his enemies and then he said, first of all, awwaluhum anta. He said, first of all, let me be very blunt that my first enemy is you, O Messenger of Allah. And then he said, another person is Ghaniyun Mutawadi'un. Ghaniyun Mutawadi'un. A person who is rich, but at the same time he is humble. A person whom Allah has given him wealth, but that doesn't take him to arrogance, and that doesn't lead him to pride. He is, at the same, he is rich, but at the same time he is very humble. And Tajirun Sadiqun, a businessman who is truthful in his business. He doesn't lie when it, you know, when a customer comes to his shop. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't hide any of the faults or he doesn't commit fraud. Mu'minun Rahimul Qalbi, a believer who has, a comp- you know, he is compassionate and he has a soft heart. And he, you know, he carried on the list. He said, these are my enemies, O Messenger of Allah. So this is what we need to target, that how we can anger shaitan. Rasulullah said in one hadith that إِذَا كَانَ آخِرُ الزَّمَانِ that during the last, you know, when it will be near Qiyamah, then خَرَجَ النَّاسُ عَلَىٰ أَرْبَعَةِ أَصْنَافِ there will be four types of people who will be going for hajj. Then he said سَلَاطِينُهُمْ لِلنُّزْهَ and the ministers, they will be going to hajj as a tour. That you know, it's something to look at, it's something to enjoy our time, let's go there. أَغْنِيَاؤُهُمْ لِلتِّجَارَةِ the rich people will be going there to do tijara, to earn some business, to make some profit from their money. The ulama will go there to impress others, to promote their names, that I've done so many hajj, I've got this many hajj, you know, in my, I've done so many hajj in my life. And the poor will go there to ask and to beg for money. So that is why we need to see and examine our intention. That what reason are we going there? Is it just so that I could have the title Haji attached to my name? Is that the only reason I'm going there? Is it so that I could compete with other people that he is taunting me that you haven't gone for Hajj? No, they have gone for Hajj. Is it for that reason? Or is it only and solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? 
because we know that even the greatest virtue you may do you may do the greatest act of you may do the greatest deed but if your intention is corrupt then there is no reward for it there is no reward for it Rasul said, Al-Hajjul Maburur, that the reward of an accepted Hajj is nothing but Jannah. That is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a person whose Hajj has been accepted. Then Imam Nawawi said, How do you identify? How do you identify that this person's Hajj has been accepted? And then he says that when he returns from Hajj, if he has changed his life, if he has changed his life, then consider his hajj to be accepted. But if you see him, unfortunately, that his life after hajj is the same, just as it was before hajj, then consider his hajj not accepted. Perhaps his faridah is done, his responsibility is over, but the thawab he was supposed to attain and the reward he was supposed to gain has not been achieved. Al-Hajjul Maburur, laysa lahu jaza'un illa al-Jannah. The reward for an accepted hajj is nothing but Jannah. Like how I said, I see in a person, see if his actions and his habits are different after hajj, or are they still the same? I share with you some advices, which Rasul delivered in front of the Sahaba when he was performing his hajj, Hajjatul Wada', where he said that, Inna shaytan قَدْ يَئِسَ أَنْ يُعْبَدَ بِبِلَادِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ يَرَضَى عَنْكُمْ بِمُحَقَّرَاتِ الْأَعْمَالِ That, oh my sahaba, just so that you remember, just so that you remember the shaitan is now despondent that anyone will worship idol in hijaz. He is despondent, he knows that no one is going to worship idols in hijaz. وَلَكِنْ يَرَضَى عَنْكُمْ بِمُحَقَّرَاتِ الْأَعْمَالِ However, I warn you, my sahaba, I warn you, my sahaba, that he will still try his tricks by putting you in this delusion that you know what, this is but a small deed, there is nothing wrong in doing it. بِمُحَقَّرَاتِ الْأَعْمَالِ Deeds that are insignificant to people, sins that are insignificant to people, people, and they will say, but it is but a makruh, it is but, you know, a lighter sin, it is not a major sin. So he said, beware of that, O oh my sahaba, do not let shaitan put you in this, in this delusion, it is but a sin, it is only a minor sin. And then what happens? Then a time comes that as you are committing these minor sins, a time comes later on that now you even start to disregard them as sins. So once upon a time, ghibah. Ghibah was considered as the kabair, as one of the major sins. But today every single man, every single woman is committing ghibah without even knowing that he is doing a sin. Without even knowing he is doing a sin. What did Anas radiallahu anhu say? Such a beautiful statement. He told, he said to the tabi'in, He said, إِنَّكُمْ لَتَعْمَلُونَ أَعْمَالًا هِيَ أَدَقُّ فِي أَعْيُنَكُمْ مِنَ الشَّعْرِ وَإِنَّا كُنَّا لَنَعُدُّهَا مِنَ الْمُوبِقَاتِ That, oh my tabi'in, I am seeing you, I see you perpetrate such deeds and such sins which you consider more, trivial, more, more, more insignific- insignificant than the hair. Then a hair, you consider it more trivial than a hair. وَإِنَّا كُنَّا لَنَعُدُّهَا مِنَ الْمُوبِقَاتِ Whereas in our time, when Rasul was alive, we would consider them from the major sins. We would consider them from the major sins. Make a list for yourself and read the book of Imam Zahabi where he quotes, you know, a list of uh, the kabaid and the major sins and see how many of those sins today we consider as minor sins. I ask you, don't, do we not consider taking photos as a minor sins or perhaps not even a sin? I ask you, do we not consider looking at non-mahram as, as a minor sin or perhaps not even a sin? I ask you, don't, do we not consider not attending the jama'ah, not attending the masjid as a minor sin or perhaps not a sin at all? 
وَإِنَّا كُنَّا لَنَعُدُّهَا مِنَ الْمُوبِقَاتِ Oh my tabi'een, you will consider this as a minor sin. At the time of Rasul, we consider this from the major sins. هِيَ أَدَقُّ فِي أَعْيُنِكُمْ مِنَ الشَّعْرِ It is more trivial to you than a hair is. So he said, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانِ Oh my sahaba, I am leaving. This is my last hajj in my life. This is one advice I am leaving you with. He also said, He also said, that in Rabbakum Wahid, wa in Abakum Wahid, la fadla li Arabiyin ala Ajamiyin, wala li Ajamiyin ala Arabiyin, that oh my Sahaba, your Lord is one, your Father is one, so remember, don't create, you know, don't create differences, racism amongst you, and say that he is a Arab, or he is a Ajami, or he comes from that country, and I come from that country, there is nothing like that. Taqwa, fadila, fadila in virtue is only through taqwa. In akramakum, عند الله يتقاكم. The one who is most honorable in the eyes of Allah is the one who has taqwa. He also said that, O oh my Sahaba, la tarji'u ba'di kuffara. That now you are about to return. This is my last hajj. Do not return as kuffar. Do not return as ungrateful. That yadribu ba'dukum riqaba ba'd. That now you start to say that he is a Muslim, but he is not a proper Muslim, so he is dumb and his blood is halal for me. لا ترجعوا بعدي كفارا Do not return as kuffar after me That now you start to say that Muslims blood is halal for you A Muslim's blood is never halal Nor is a non-Muslim's blood ever, ever halal when you're, when you're living in you know, the, the, the circumstance in which we are in Now coming to some of the virtues of these 10 days If Eid is on Wednesday or Thursday depending We will enter Dhul Hijjah on Monday or Tuesday Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by these nights and he says walayalin ashr he says walayalin ashr Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by the virtues of these 10 nights in one hadith Rasul alayhi salatu wassalam said that ya'dilu suyamu kulli yawmin minha that every single day fasting in these 10 days equals to fasting the entire, the entire year and standing in qiyam during the nights of, the, of, these ten, of these ten days equals to standing in reward of Laylatul Qadr. This is the reward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives. If a person can, if a person can, let him fast all nine days. And if he cannot, if he cannot, then let him at least fast on the day of Arafah. Let him at least fast on the day of Arafah. Rasul said that Siyamu Yawmi Arafah ahtasibu ala Allah an yukaffirat as-sanat allati ba'daha wallati qablaha. That I am very hopeful from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that by fasting on the day of Arafah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will wipe away the sins of the previous year and the coming year. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will wipe and he will wash away the sins of the year that has passed and the year that is to ma min ayyamin al-amal salih fihinna ahabbu ila Allahi min hadhil ayyam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the deeds of these days more than any other days Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the deeds of these days more than any other days so he said aktharu fihinna at-tahleel wa at-tahmeed wa at-takbir so oh my ummah make sure that you recite excessively subhanallah and you recite excessively alhamdulillah and you recite excessively allahu akbar another etiquette another etiquette is that a person who intends to do qurbani or to sacrifice an animal he is required and it is mustahab it is mustahab that he does not clip his nails and he does not cut his hair 
It is but a tashabbu. It is but to copy and imitate the people that are there in Hajj. That just like they are not allowed to clip, the, you know, to clip their nails or to cut their hair, we should also try to do the same. But understand that tashabbu and copying someone or imitating someone is so loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Musa alayhi salam, when he confronted the magicians, when he confronted the magicians, the magician later on, long story short, they accepted Islam. They accepted Islam. So Musa alayhi salam said to, that, said to Allah, that, oh Allah, these people came to challenge me. They came to challenge me and you gave them Islam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, oh Musa, they came in your garb. They were wearing your garment. They looked like you. So I said, since they look, since they look like you, let me make them like you. He says, since they look like you, let me make them like you. Remember, it is very serious at the same time. Rasulullah said, Man tashabbaha biqawmin fahuwa minhum. Whoever imitates a certain nation, then he is amongst them. I ask you, so many of our youth that have t-shirts and they have certain, you know, shoes and they have the names of kuffar. Is it not imitating them? Is it not holding them in respect? Man tashabbaha biqawmin fahuwa minhum. Whoever imitates, you see our youth, how they're imitating in their walk, in their talk, and even in their dress, kuffar, just because they are famous people, or just because they know how to score some shots, or just because they know how to sing. Man tashabbaha biqawmin fahuwa minhum. Whoever imitates a person, then he is amongst them. He is from that group. What did Abu Tammam say? He said, أَشْبَحْتِ أَعْدَائِي فَصُرَةُ أُحِبُّهُمُ إِذْ كَانَ حُبِّي مِنْكِ حُبِّي مِنْهُمُ he said, to some, he said to his beloved, that I hate my enemies, but just because you look like them, now I start to love my enemies. He said, أَشْبَحْتِ أَعْدَائِي فَصُرَةُ أُحِبُّهُمُ إِذْ كَانَ حُبِّي مِنْكِ حُبِّي مِنْهُمُ That I love, I hate my enemies, but just because, oh my beloved, you look like my enemies, now I start to love my enemies. So understand, tashabbu is very important. And that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants here, that although we are not there in hajj, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do tashabbu and imitate those people that are there in hajj. Hence, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives us the ability to practice on what was said. Wa الله رب العالمين.